Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. If you have your uh, Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we're just going to look at verses 17 through 22. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. And back to Pastor Dan, I just, uh, every time I'm around him, you know, I feel like I'm in good shape. And it reminds me of when rookies show up for training camp. Until you've been to an NFL training camp, you really don't know what it is to be in shape. And uh, he and Angie have been there in some of my highest moments. I celebrated my 50th birthday in November, and they had a chance to come there. That was a special night, and they've been there for me when we've won big games and to get awards. And then they've been there some of my lowest points when my mother passed. And one thing I'll never forget um, is that when they came to my mom's funeral, a lot of people came to the funeral that touched my heart. People from all over the world came in. But there were only a few that actually went to the burial. And, and, and that is something, Pastor, I'll never forget. Not that I demean anyone who just came to the funeral because people had busy schedules. But there are few people in your life that will go to the burial with you. And Pastor, I'll never forget that for you and Angie. And I will always appreciate that. So that, I've had a chance to be with him in a lot of different settings. He did chapel last year for our team when we played out here uh, against the 49ers, and it, people's teeth are still chattering around Winter Park. And as I said, this week has been interesting because I had a chance to start my week in Atlanta, Georgia, on Monday night and Tuesday. And we were awarded, the state of Minnesota was awarded the 2018 Super Bowl, which is incredible. So we all put a lot of effort in. It was a big team effort, but to get that award... Uh, over Indianapolis and New Orleans was, was, was absolutely huge. That's be, that will be a blessing to our state, to a lot of people, put a lot of people to work, and we'll get our chance to show the world what it means to be a true Minnesotan. So that was a big, big week. And I had a chance to then go on to New York and uh, meet with some people about an opportunity in sports and meet with the NFL on some, some other issues and have friends that I saw. So anytime you have a week that you start in Minnesota, go to Atlanta for a Super Bowl bid, see friends who you love to death, have dinner with friends, go to important meetings, go back to Minnesota, come back here all in a week. It's been a very, very special week. And so I thought about that. I said, let's spend a little time today in Mark 10 about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. And let me just set the stage with you before I've spoken on this before, but I want to come at it from a different angle. Let me give you a little background about the rich young ruler. And this is one, if you have your Bibles, let's let's walk through it. But I'm going to give you a little background. In today's society, this guy was not only rich, he was young, and he's a ruler. So in business, he would be like Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook. Or if he were an NFL player, he'd be like Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Or one of our own Vikings, Adrian Peterson. If he was in the NBA, he'd be Kevin Durant, LeBron James. 
Major League Baseball, he'd be Yasiel Puig or Mike Trout. If he was a rapper, he'd be Shoebox. This dude was, this, this, this dude was, he, he, he was a special, special person, gifted, talented, rich, young, a ruler. Drake, Two Chains, Pharrell. I mean, this cat was a special, special person. And I can see it now. He had a tailor-made kind of linen Laurel Piano roll and probably had some Tom Ford or Prada sandals and a Hugh Blows kind of timekeeper. He, he had it all. He was rich, he was young, and he's a ruler. I get a chance to come into a lot of, in contact with a lot of wealthy people, but a lot of them are older. But to have all that as a young age to be rich and young and a ruler, he was a special, special person with special access. So that gives you a little background of the kind of person we're dealing with. But let's go to verse 17. It's only five verses. And I've read this probably 500 times in my life, but the Lord revealed to me these last couple weeks that I'm going to share with you today. So let's start off. It says, now as he was going out on the road, we're talking about Jesus. It says, one came running. So let me stop. I'm just going to let's walk through this here. One came running. If it says, and there's no wasted words in the Bible, if one came running, that means there was more than one. So that means it was either two people or could have been 200 people. Most likely that if he was a rich, young ruler, he probably had people around them because typically rich, young rulers don't travel alone. So he had people around. So let's set the scene. However many people you think he had with him, it was more than one. But I think it was uh, 20, 30, 40 people. So it says one came running. Let's stop right there on the word running. This is this section is so power packed. One came running. How many rich people have you seen run? (laughs) One came running. The only time I've seen rich people run is if they're working out or in an athletic competition. Because rich people feel and believe that they don't have to run. They take their time. People line things up for them. So you see what I'm dealing with? You got Drake. You got Pharrell. How many times have you seen those guys run? I'm serious. I'm being, I mean, you ever see them? You ever see Bill Gates run? (laughs) So let's set the scene. So we got this rich young ruler and it says, one came running. And then it says, and he knelt before him. Again, how many times do you see rich people, especially rich young rulers, run and then kneel. Doesn't happen a lot. So at least right there, let's spend a little bit of time right there. We're dealing with somebody who recognized that he was in the presence of Jesus. When you got a rich, young ruler with a crowd of his people with him who is going to run to Jesus and then kneel 
before him. Then it says, and then he asked him. So now we got a rich young ruler with his boys who ran, knelt, and then asked a question. Most rich young people, rich people don't ask, they tell. You with me? So at least we got a guy who's rich, young, and a ruler, who's running, who's kneeling and asking. He asked the Lord, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He asked the question. And, and let's look at what Jesus said. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. What Jesus said is basically there's only one person who is good or worthy enough to inherit eternal life, and that's God. And I think that's important for us to realize is that so many times, and I'm probably the master of it, I beat myself up if I have wrong thoughts or wrong actions. All of us in here have a story to tell. And all of us in here probably are not where we want to be as we sit here today. But I'm here to encourage everyone in here, including myself, that today is a brand new opportunity for all of us, for everyone to make sure that we recognize that if we're not where we want to be, that's okay. That was yesterday. But we can make a decision today to go where we want to, we want to get to. So he says, what do I have to do? And he said, no one is good but God. And then Jesus hits him in a, in a slick way. He says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And then the rich young ruler comes back and says, teacher, I've done all those things. I've kept those from my youth. Basically, he says, I kind of got this. And Jesus says, okay, cool. I'm glad you have that. Then it says, let's look at these words. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and then said to him. So Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to them. And that's why it's so important to have people in your life who love you and will say to you, I'm going to serve you a little hot soup. (laughs) And I think one of the reasons, if I had to give a young player who just got drafted in the NFL, if I had one minute with them and someone said, tell him something that would help him to be successful as a rookie, I would tell them, make sure that the people you have around you are willing to tell you the truth. Because so many times in life, we believe that if someone tells you the truth, and especially if it's different than what you want to hear, then that means they don't like you. And we as believers need to get to the point that when people tell you the truth, that you got to learn to understand that a lot of times in life they're telling you that because they love you. And so you, you see what it says here. I'm not making this up. It says, then Jesus, looking at him, 
What does it say? Loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. One thing. If he says one thing you lack, what does that mean? There are other things, too. But he said, I'm just going to point out one thing because I love you. So I'm not going to hit you with everything. I'm just going to point out one thing today to help get your mind right. One thing you lack is, he says, go your way, sell and stay with me right here. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And I want to stay right there for a second. Now you see why I say this is so deep. He didn't say go and give your possessions to the poor. What did he say? Sell whatever you have and take the proceeds and give to the poor. Why is that important? Because so many times in life, God will speak to us to do something. But he knows how we are. If he had told this rich young ruler, go give your possessions to the poor. One, it would have put him in a position to stay as the rich young ruler. You see what I mean? If I come and give you my car, well, then you are beholding to me because I gave you my car. So every time you drive that car, you will say Bob Smith or Julie Smith gave me their car. And when you see them, you owe them in your mind. It's different if the Lord says, go sell your car and take the money and give it to someone. You see where we're going? So, so many times in life when the Lord puts things on our heart, in this story, he had to make sure because he knew that this man's possessions were his God. And if he had said, go give your possessions to the poor, one, he would have been still the rich young ruler to all these people. Because they would have said, man, so-and-so came along, he gave me his car, he gave me his chariot, he gave me his robe, he gave me his watch, he gave me all this stuff. Two things. And the Lord knew also if you give possessions away directly to someone, then you know where you have to go to get them back. (laughs) So what the Lord did to really test this person's heart, he said, I'm not going to even put you in a position to go and say, give your possessions away. I want you to go sell them. Let's go a little bit deeper right now, too. For who do you think was in the position to buy his possessions? It had to be other rich people. Stay with me now. It had to be other rich people. So because he went and sold his possessions to other rich people, one is the fact that those people would then recognize what he did because they bought his possessions. And they wouldn't have to be beholding to him. So he said, go sell your possessions. It would only be the rich people who would be able to buy because he was a rich man. And typically, rich people have expensive stuff that he only could sell to rich people. And then take the proceeds and give it to the poor. So the Lord knew that this possession issue was big in this man's heart. So to really check where he was, he wanted to see if he did that. So then if we go on, then the Lord says, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say by doing that, you're going to go to heaven. He said, you'll have treasure in heaven. 
But that's just really just to make sure we got a relationship. But then he says, take your cross and come follow me. So not only got to sell your possessions, you got to give the proceeds to the poor. You have treasure in heaven, but then you got to come pick up your cross and walk with me. Check out this next verse, the last verse in that 22. What does it say? But he was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. So to bring you through it, rich young ruler coming along Bentley chariot gets out, sees the Lord, runs toward the Lord, kneels, asks him, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? The Lord says, follow the commandments. He said, I've been doing that since I was a little kid. He said, really? Okay, well, how about this? Go sell your possessions, get all the money, and go give it to the poor, and then come follow me, come work with me. And the rich young ruler went away sad. For my entire life, that I've read this, like I said, probably read it 500 times. One of my favorite sections of the Bible. I love the parables. One thing I want you to remember, this is not a parable. This is a true story. But I love this. And every time I read it, up until the last two weeks, when I was getting my mind right to come out here, I said, boy, this guy, he flunked the test. He didn't do it. And something opened my mind that it never says in here that he didn't do it. It just says he went away sorrowful. And as I start researching this a little bit more, there's biblical scholars who think that the rich young ruler is Nicodemus. Because he was known, he, he called Jesus teacher. He was known to be incredibly wealthy. And if you fast forward... Who was with Joseph of Arimathea, who was burying Jesus in the tomb? It was Nicodemus. One of the reasons why he had to use Joseph's tomb was because he was broke. He had gave everything away. And I get chills talking about that, so I want, I want to make an important point with you. Just because there's some issues in your life right now, that God is dealing with you on and that you are a little sad. Don't beat yourself up. There's issues in my life right now that I'm dealing with because we're all that we're all here on earth trying to get a little bit better. And just like in football, every once in a while you run a play and you see somebody break clear and the quarterback get hit and you say, you know what? That probably is not going to work this game. I'm, going, I'm not going to use that. There's stuff that we're all dealing with. There's decisions that I have to make, both personal and professional, that are complicated, that have serious ramifications that I'm praying through right now. And there are many days that I wake up that I may be sad about that. But when I read this, it said, you know what? It's okay to be a little sad and sorrowful when you're dealing with God issues. You know why? Because if you're sad and sorrowful, that means you care. That means you care. If you didn't care, you just make a decision. So when you think about if Nicodemus, just because he said he went away sad and sorrowful, I'm going to hold on to the fact that this is Nicodemus, that he did sell everything, even though he went away sad, he served the Lord, 
And he was the one that was ended up burying Jesus in the tomb. And because he followed what God said to him, he didn't even have a tomb, his own tomb. He had to borrow somebody else's tomb. Which gives me hope for all of us. So as we bring this to a close, and I just because I could stay up here and talk to you all day because I love seeing all of you all. There's a couple things that couple stories that have come my way that really touch my heart about all these issues, stuff that we go through. Read recently where you can spin, you can't spin an uncooked egg. I didn't believe it. I don't believe much until I try it, you know. But you can spin a hard-boiled egg. So if you go home, try to spin an egg, won't work. Hard-boiled egg will spin. What's the lesson is that? How's a hard-boiled egg get hard-boiled? Do you put it in cold water? Got to put it in hot water. There are things that we're going to go through in our life that's hot water. But it also makes us in a position where we're able to spin and be nimble and be active. And so if you're going through some hot water in your life right now, trying to get your life back on track, dealing with some issues, health issues, financial issues, whatever the case may be, just remember that little lesson from that hard-boiled egg. It takes water, hot water, to get us in a position to be able to spin and to be limber and loose. Two things I want to close with, both true stories. One of them, I read an article last year by the name a man named Glenn James. Anybody know Glenn James in here? Read an article online and it just touched my heart. This guy was a homeless man in Boston, Massachusetts. He went to the mall one day and saw a backpack in a corner and ended up opening up the backpack and there was $42,000 in there. $39,000 in cash, $3,000 in cashier's checks. You don't believe me? Google it. This was a homeless man, was living in a homeless shelter, was battling diabetes, health was bad, didn't have glasses, didn't have insurance, didn't know where his next meal was coming from, and what did he do? He took it to the security desk at the mall. No one in here would be mad at Mr. James if he kept that money. I've asked myself, if I was in that position, would I have kept that money? He turned in the backpack. The story went viral. Someone set up a crowdfunding site about this. And in a week or so, people had donated $160,000 to him. 50 cent, 25 cent, a dollar, five dollars, 500, $160,000. And that's how God works. This man had an opportunity, and no one would have said that he did anything wrong. This man's homeless, trying to survive. And within a couple weeks, the good Lord not only had doubled it, he four times it. Gave him four times. Four times of what he would have had and would have had the guilt of dealing with it. And it's still going. 
Glenn James, I think about him every day. I hope I get a chance to meet him one day. Uneducated man, health problems, no glasses, can't see, no insurance, living in a homeless shelter. But God spoke to him to do the right thing. And there's another story about someone who I deeply love, who has helped change my life, who every time I see him run on the field, I just marvel. He's gifted. And that's Adrian Peterson. And Adrian, just like all of us, have issues that we're dealing with. But about seven years ago, Adrian went and did an appearance in Las Vegas. And for his appearance, they offered him a hot tub, one of these upscale hot tubs. And Adrian said, I don't, I don't need a hot tub, I'm good. But he said, let me see your book of the different materials that you sell. And when he looked in it, he knew, noticed that they had these treadmills in there, these underwater treadmills. And Adrian said, is there a way, instead of me getting a hot tub, if I could get one of those treadmills that I could donate to the Minnesota Vikings. You with me? So Adrian did an appearance, didn't take the fee, didn't take the hot tub, looked in the book and ordered a hot tub that he donated to the Vikings. So we put that hot tub down in the locker room. When you come to Winter Park, if you ever come, I take you on a tour. We got a little picture in there, and it says the treadmill, underwater treadmill, was donated by Adrian Peterson, 2008. Well, a couple years later, on a beautiful day in Washington, D.C., I saw Adrian get hit on the side of his knee. I had a chance to sit behind him on the bus going to the airport. And you could just feel his mind working. Is his career over? How bad is the injury? Will he ever play again? And I told him I would pray for him. Pastor Dan prayed for him. People prayed for him all around the world. And after he had his surgery... There was one machine that helped him to rehab. And I'll give you a couple guesses. It was that treadmill that he had donated five years earlier out of the goodness of his heart to help other people at the Minnesota Vikings that was the cause to help him rehab that he came back to become the NFL MVP on. So as we close, and the reason why I tell that story, it's a true story, is that there are many opportunities in our life that one little action, one little interaction that God is causing us, talking to us, just like the rich young ruler. Go sell your possessions. And like I said, I'm going to hold on to the fact. I got a lot of people that if the Lord blesses me to go to heaven, I got a lot of people that I want to talk to. Some family people. 
I want to have lunch with King David. But one of the people I want to talk to is I want to find out if Nicodemus was the rich young ruler. Because if this man went and sold his possessions and gave it to the poor, that if you think about it, can you imagine if you were then blessed to be the person to basically put Jesus in the tomb? And I'm sure when he did that that day, he said, yeah, the Tom Ford sandals I miss. Yeah, the tailor-made Laurel Piano robes I miss. Yeah, the Bentley chariot was nice. The beats I miss. But nothing compared to me being able to put Jesus in the tomb. So as we close, I just challenge everyone in here, including myself, first and foremost, and I will pray that everyone in here, including myself, that whatever the Lord has put on your heart and ask you to basically deal with so you can be totally committed to him. I just pray that you take that step to do that. And if it's today, it's wonderful. If it's tomorrow, that's fine. If it's three weeks from now, that's okay too. If it's a year from now, but the Lord has put things on all of our hearts that he's saying, Kevin, Pastor Dan, you got to get out of the way so you can be committed to me. So my prayer for everyone here today is that whatever that is, none of us are in a position to judge that, that you have the strength and the courage and the love of God to do what he's asking you to do. And it's okay if you go away sad. I love all of you. God bless you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.